that from me? I was just trying to, you know, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just trying to change things up. Well, I was about to say, welcome to Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my partner in crime court, but with me is my looking for a new co-host. Well, how about I am your partner in crime, because I just stole that opening from you. Booyah! There's the opening bell. Okay, so speaking of crime, today we're talking about cybercrime. Well, okay, technically, I guess more like cybersecurity, or at least partially cybersecurity, right, Katie? Yeah, okay, so last time we talked about our digital footprint and why those pesky ads show up on your Facebook because you've put something in your cart on a totally different website. And really about your reputation and what's out there in the digital world. Bad reputation. How a tweet can mess up your career and just all that things. And how literally everything is online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> okay, I guess it wasn't that funny. <laughs> so today we're They never are, Katie. Trust me, I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go a little bit deeper. We are going to talk about a little bit of the risk. And so that is cybersecurity and digital death. Okay, so this time, really, you say we're going a little bit deeper. We're going a lot darker. Darker. Yeah. Light side and dark side, okay? Yeah, yeah, We're on the dark side. Okay, Darth Court. Okay. Tell them what our top five is going to be. Our top five is going to be... Hacker slash cybersecurity movies. With a bonus one for me, because I'm not... There's one that's not a movie, but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. But yeah, hacker movies, cybersecurity movies, basically. Why don't you get us us going? Okay. Uh, My first one would be The Net with Sandra Bullock. Yes! She was a computer programmer, and pretty much her digital identity was completely erased. Yeah, this, this movie was at the height of her first, like... You know, she had she had like a big bump of of she was the hot commodity. She was the it girl in Hollywood, and this was this was right in there during that. And then she sort of fell off for a while, and then of course she came back later as with Miss the Congeniality. Blind side and <laughs> oh, okay, or that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, uh, great. Uh, well, great movie. I don't know, but very very interesting concept at the time that it came out. Very interesting. Yeah. So my next one would be Enemy of the State, Gene Hackman, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And this is the one with, I think like Gene Hackman goes through everything possible to try and track Will Smith using oh, all yeah. possible Satellite outlets. footage. I mean, like, I, I can't cameras, remember what all, everything. yeah, cameras, uh, he, you know, if he could hack into a, or break into a video feed or whatever. But the th- here, the, the snag was that Gene Hackman wasn't really so much a... Uh, a hacker as he was just like a yeah. bad guy that was on inside the government and was using all of the government tools he had to, to track down. Okay, it's Will the whole Smith. thing of you have all these tools, but it's like who's in control of yeah, the tools. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, number three, Swordfish. This was uh, John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, and Halle Berry. I don't know much about this movie. Katie. No, most most people just remember this as the one that was very scandalous for Halle Berry. Yeah. Uh, what did she do, Katie? <laughs> She she uh, showed her birthday suit for sure, um, but uh, th- this was you know the CIA involved and a hacker came out of jail. John Travolta was a big John Travolta. Hacker. All I can remember uh, about John Travolta in this movie is he had a really gross looking soul patch. He and, did like, and the long back hair. hair. Yep. And you put that schmarmy John Travolta along with uh, with with Halle Berry and and you just get the oogies. It was just oogie. The oogies. Yeah. Oogie. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Number four for me would be The Dark Knight. Now, go with me on this one. I know we've talked about Batman movies a lot. Yes, we have. I'm specifically, because we were talking about hacking, and when we first started talking about the, actually the Gene Hackman one, mm -hmm. I thought back to, like, which Batman was that where he gets access to the cell phone towers and is able to utilize this, and Alfred's like, you need to destroy this. Yeah. You do not need to have this. Yeah, yeah. So that's an example of a great software that in the wrong hands could be terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, my next one, I have a feeling, this is my last one, I feel like Cam may end up stealing this one from me. The Social Network. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, that you love that movie. Am I allowed to talk during top five? You fives? can talk. So, so am I taking you your... Are, you are taking uh, I get to take her number one. <laughs> so Social Network, I love that movie. Directed by David Fincher. Oh, he knows all the facts. Yes. I love the look. He, you know, he did Benjamin Button, which is one of my favorite films. That's he did one. Seven. He's got oh, the, you're going to take advantage of the fact that you're in our top five, and you're just going to start throwing give out all your Give me ten minutes movies. for this one. No, no. It's a it's a great one. It, okay, Cameron, trying to wrap it up. Okay, I'm wrapping it's up. Fine. Cameron, Cameron's always telling us to wrap up our top five, so I feel like re revenge, we get to wrap just you up. Just give me that signal. But yeah, it, it, I don't know if it falls in the hacker or the nerdy character, but you know, Mark Zuckerberg comes up with Facebook, and he writes the algorithm on his window at Harvard, mm -hmm. and then he has his friends do a hackathon trying to break the system, but it's great. Remember? Remember the trailer with the Radiohead cover by the Boys Choir? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it good. was great music in that movie. Okay, wrap it up, Cameron. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess that's on to me in my top five. Well, my number five is going to be the all-time classic hacker movie for me, at least, personally. That is, of course, War Games. I think I brought it up before when we talked about fortresses, because this is the first time that I was ever introduced to NORAD, the fortress in the mountain. Uh, and, of course, War Games is uh, Matthew Broderick, Broderick plays a hacker who hacks into a government computer that is in control of all of the United States of America's nuclear warheads. So that makes sense because he really got his start in Ferris Bueller when he was hacking into the school system to change his attendance. Oh my God. It's full circle. It's so big. Actually, I think War Games came out before Ferris Bueller. Really? I think so. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. War Games was, War Games was Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy, a very young Ali Sheedy. Anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, and Breakfast then, Club. And then he played Inspector Gadget who was basically hacked. Himself, oh, he became a robot. Crazy. And ladies and gentlemen, there is my top five because I'm pretty <laughs> sure we just threw out five movies. No, uh, I'll go through the rest of them really quick. Okay, my one, this is actually one of my top five favorite movies of all time, uh, but it's also kind of a hackery movie. Obviously, they have to go up to hacking level to 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 hack into the. Matrix, that's right, The Matrix. Man, it is an awesome movie. I know, Kung Fu. And they're coming out with a new one. I just, and I, forgive me, uh, folks out there in listening land, if I have said this before, let me just tell you this story real quick again, because it's worth retelling. I remember The Matrix and uh, The Phantom Menace were coming out close to the same time. They, they were basically within the same year of each other. And everybody was so psyched about The Phantom Menace. Oh, there's finally going to be another Star Wars movie. Oh, it's going to be so amazing. And The Matrix and The Phantom Menace, and they come out, and The Matrix just blew me away. It just absolutely blew my mind. And I was like, The Phantom what? I don't even... You know, it just, it was crazy. I remember so. watching The uh, the Matrix when it came to VHS. I was a child. And it was one of those movies where you're like, 
I have never seen anything like this. It's different. Yeah. With a bullet time. Oh, gosh. It was groundbreaking. Yeah, the Wachowski brothers did a just... I mean, it was ridiculous what they did. It didn't, I had never seen anything like it before. Uh, okay, so my next one is, and, and guys, these are not necessarily listed in order of what I think is the best, obviously, because my number three is uh, another, what I'd like to think of as kind of a hacking movie. It's called Weird Science. Oh, yes! <laughs> Where they hack into a government computer again and use it to create a woman, a dream woman. And I'm really not sure in terms of political correctness how well this movie holds up, but I quote it all the time. <laughs> I, there are so many lines that I have in my uh, repertoire of, of like things that I say that come straight from Weird Science, inclu- including, give me the keys! And uh, so if you ever hear me say that, that's, that's where that comes from. Anyway. He doesn't even have his license, Lisa. Okay, uh, moving on. Next for me would be... Um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Ah, and I, yeah. I'm talking about the Swedish version of this film. Not, not the, the David Fincher version? Not the American version of the film. Uh, I assume based on that that you actually like the David Fincher version. I actually don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I just I prefer the, the, the Swedish version. Uh, obviously, Stieg Larsson was an, a Swedish author who wrote the book originally, and so... Uh, the Swedish film just it, it it's it, it feels a little bit more like the book that Stieg Larsson wrote, um, and then finally my number one, this is my surprise not a film hacker TV show Mr Robot, it is a mind twisting weird show that absolutely blows your mind at the end of the first season and then continues to wrap you around its little fingers for another three seasons after that. And I'm not going to lie to you, I actually haven't finished it yet, but it is... Is it the is. lead in that the one that played Freddie Mercury? Yes. yes. Rami okay. Malek. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, same guy, same guy. Well, and I do want to um, clarify, I did do a little searching. Sorry, Court, I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, you're right. War Games was in 83 and Ferris Bueller was in 86. I could tell you in my mind's eye, I was just picturing Matthew Broderick in both. And he just looks younger to me when I picture him in war games than he looked when he was in Ferris Bueller. He practically looked to me, looked like a grown man in Ferris Bueller compared to what he looked like in war games. And there's my top five. Okay, so moving on from the top five. Katie, what time is it? It is time for some noshings. Time for some food. Time for some snacks. Time for some... Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Okay, so I do just want to throw out there, you know, we we kind of were ragging a little bit about digital footprint last time and how it's bad and be careful what you say and it's your digital reputation. And then we're going to kind of get into some scary stuff, darker stuff with this episode. But social media online presence, it's not all bad. Um, You know, reconnecting with loved ones, you know, finding other people that are going through difficult times like you. I'm reminded of this movie. I don't know if it came out a couple of years ago and I don't think it was very popular, but it was um, the guy from Harold and Kumar was in it. He was played the dad and then Deborah Messing was in it as the officer and it's all shot from the computer's view. And it is this dad whose child has gone missing and it's him going through his kid's computer trying to piece together where his kid has gone and the police are just like giving up they're like oh i don't know but he's able to like go on to their facebook page go on to different things that are bookmarked and saved on his computer and it's just crazy how he's able to figure out this problem just from what trail what digital footprint was left so 
you got to throw out, there's some positive there, okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so basically what you're saying is it's uh, the, the, the interwebs are good because if your child ever goes missing, you should be able to find them from Facebook. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just Facebook. <laughs> it was websites. And <laughs> as we learned last time that you're tracking me on my Snapchat map. <laughs> I'm not intentionally. I was doing it on accident, and I noticed you've gone ghost mode since Oh, then, see, so. you have noticed. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about cybersecurity. I really thought this was a made-up word several years ago when I first heard it, when my brother told me that he was trying out to be a master's in cybersecurity. Mm. And uh, I was like, what is this? So the definition of cybersecurity, it is the practice of protecting systems, networks, and programs from digital attacks. These cyber attacks are usually aimed at accessing, changing, or destroying sensitive information, extorting money from users, or interrupting normal business procedures. So, it's not fun. <laughs> well, I mean, I think <laughs> hackers that, that hack have fun hacking. Well, yeah. I think some of them do it on a lark. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everyone can benefit from cybersecurity. And where this shows how much things have changed in technology. Because just 10 years ago, it was a big up-and-coming thing. And now it is something everybody, individuals, corporations... Everyone has to have some form of cybersecurity oh, yeah. to make sure they're protecting themselves from identity theft, extortion, attempts to get this information and use it against them. Yeah, we have. Listen, our our uh, our broker dealer has mm -hmm. a a whole cybersecurity plan, a whole information security policy, and it's. I mean, you know, it is very in depth, and you know, so we have things that we have to do. You know, because our broker dealer requires it of us, and you know, we have to have a cybersecurity plan ourselves, and everything that we do has to be encrypted, and we have to have, you know, there are all sorts of measures that we take. Uh, th th this whole industry is just a, a huge, huge industry. Yeah, and it's like you'll hear in the news over time, it's like, okay, well, you know, Uber or Target, I remember Target cards got hacked, their system got hacked, and mm -hmm. so it's you had to go in there and change your passwords, and you some people had to get new credit cards. I was watching this new show called The Bold Ones, and they work for a women's magazine, and their system got hacked, which, okay, it released where they were making fun of each other, on each their coworkers, making fun of designers, but then the real issue was they were working on undercover stories, and now those people they were trying to protect, those notes were out in the open because the hackers released it all. Mm -hmm. Do y'all remember the uh, Ashley Madison breach? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so a website yeah. that's supposed to be all discreet, and I think it was it was cheating on people. Is that well, what the I mean, whole premise the whole, was? The whole basis for the website was it was a dating website for people who were looking to cheat. Yeah. And it was all done on the on you know on the on the down low. So except um, when it's been breached and yeah. it's public knowledge. Yeah. And so they they breached it and then re released that list. And I mean, you know, that's that's part of any cybersecurity policy now is not just how to prevent the hack, but what to do. We have a policy. Our company has mm -hmm. a policy for what happens if we're hacked. What happens if our if our broker dealer is hacked? How well, you know, what steps do you take? But then you've got all of this stuff in place to prevent the hacking from ever happening. It's 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 a tremendous uh, it's a tremendous like I said, it's a tremendous area. Yeah, so some of the types of security, um, cybersecurity threats out there, the phishing emails, and this is mm -hmm. phishing PH. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who are probably work in a larger company, you have those testing phishing emails mm. that may come out and it's such and such, your bank account's been compromised, click this link here. 
Yeah. And it's wanting you to do that, which then actually is sending your information to somebody else. So it's always, you know, find your court in your office. And that's what I do. I'm like, or, or your cam. I'm like, cam, this looks fishy. Here, look at this for me. Yeah. you. If you get an email basically that says, here, we need you to do something to confirm your information. And here's the link. And you click on the link. And they're like, now enter in your username and password. This or your is, social security number. Yeah. Or your credit card number. These are all attempts to gain that information. Um, and... <laughs> And you can, you know, they're basically throwing a line out there and seeing if they can get you to take their bait and give them just willingly, effectively, willingly give you, give them your information. Well, and the thing is, is they're smart. That's what cybersecurity is something that it is. We talk about, well, I'll, I'll be relevant with what's going on right now. We talk about the pandemic and this virus going on and how it keeps mutating. But Katie, we don't bring up the pandemic. Well, I, there's a point. Okay. Cybersecurity is the same thing because... It, as soon as the good guys essentially figure out how to beat these hackers, there's 10 more hackers that are going to pop up with a whole new way to do it. And so that's where you're constantly having to train the good guys to look out for this. But we're all having to look a little sketch at things and go, eh, does this look right? Because I wouldn't think twice if I got an email from Target or something like that. But they would know that if they send me an email that looks like it's from Target you sit there and click and you know how it shows up and says, oh, this is from court. Mm -hmm. But then if you click on it, it may say it's from alien X2Y2 at yoohoo.com. I don't know. Yeah. And so that's where you've got to just kind of, if it looks funky and it's asking you for something, just check or pick up the phone and call and be like, court, were you really asking for my credit card number? Yeah. I got an email the <laughs> other day and the email said, you know, that all it showed was a person's name and it was basically you know, the, the person's name and then inside the email it said, hey, can you check back with me about something? Or, and the email address, when I opened the email, the email address was very close to the email address of the, of the person that I knew, but it wasn't exactly the same. And so mm -hmm. I emailed that person and said, hey, do you have a new email address or was this, you know, somebody that you don't know or some sort of hack attempt and, and you know, and this is a perfect time for me to segue with this is in our business, if you were to email us and say, hey, transfer all my money into my bank account you have on file or make this trade, we have to pick up the phone and call you yes. and verify because we don't know if someone has taken your phone and said that and they've got access to your bank account and they're just wanting to try and get us to move the money there. Yeah. So that's we, we try and make sure we're protecting ourselves if you get hacked as we well. We cannot take instructions for stuff like that via email. It has to We have to have oral verification. Mm -hmm. There's a box we have to check that says, yes, we have verified this orally. So don't get mad at us. It's part of the requirement. <laughs> So, I mean, the other threats, you've got the ransomware, malicious software that can be downloaded if you go to some of those sketchy websites. You and... accidentally click on a link or open an email and all of a sudden your computer is locked down. Mm -hmm. And basically that you get a message on your screen. You can't, you can't close out the message and it says, you know, send a billion dollars in Bitcoin to this, uh, to this address or, you know, you'll never get into your computer again. I remember back in the day in college, I got sent to uh, the one of the dean's offices because I had LimeWire mm. on my computer because that's what you had. Is you, that's where you got your music. I didn't realize that I had downloaded something that I shouldn't have had on there. Like it was some illegal file. And then when I logged on to the university's Wi-Fi, it showed this LimeWire account with, I 
think I think I got in trouble for like a Taylor Swift song and a Britney Spears song or something on there oh that Lord. I didn't have How the correct license. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have the correct licensing for it and got, you know, hit for it. But Oh gosh. Uh, that's back in the dark ages. Malware. Yep. Malware's another one. And really honestly, malware is one of those things that I don't understand exactly what the goal of malware ever was other than to just junk up my computer i whenever i had whenever i got malware it's been a long time since i had any but whenever i used to get malware it, it seemed like it was always just it would you know i would open the internet and try to go to a, a website and and all of a sudden i would just have ad after ad after ad mm-hmm. popping up on my screen oh, and i couldn't get up. it to go away yeah yeah and then it's, i mean there's social engineering there's so much out there and so we told you all these threats. How to protect yourself. Antiviral protection. There's all different kinds of computer systems you can put on laptops. All of that. Um, cloud security. Firewalls. VPNs. The list continues on and on and on of just all different technological things mm-hmm. that are way above my head <laughs> of what you need. I always just, like I said, my brother's in cybersecurity and I always call him and ask him, what did I do? What did I screw up now? <laughs> well, for instance, okay, so a VPN would be basically, it's it's kind of like a, a dedicated network, but it's it's a virtual network so that you can get from one computer that's that's in a distant location to another in some other separated location. But it's, it is in a, effectively a closed network connection between those two points. Um, so it just offers you that security so that you can't get in. Obviously, so we're really not that far off from being the, in the Matrix. Uh, I mean, you or know. Or like that Robbie and Mel show that... Um, Robbie and Mel show. I don't know. Robbie and Mel. Isn't know. that his last name? Emil. Emil Hirsch? What are no. we talking about? You have Cameron hasn't been paying attention. He's he's not going to be able to bail you out on this one. You're just going to have to come up with it yourself. It was the show where it's when you pass away, you got the opportunity to upload. It was called Upload. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that's a great show. I've never yes. watched it, but uh, somebody told me about it's it. You yeah. literally are uploading your spirit into the cloud, essentially. Yeah. And if you're rich, you get to go to the fancy cloud. If you're not, you get to go to the poor cloud. Okay, off we we, we <laughs> off we go on another tangent. So back to what we were talking about. What does the average man need to know what because we you know unless you were in the cybersecurity world where you're protecting large companies and all of that what do you as a average listener need to know of how to protect yourself your personal stuff well and also to another to 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 a degree your company as well yeah. right? the companies that you work for out there that are involved and that have computer networks and that have a web presence they have these policies that are annoying as heck but they're there for a reason they're there to protect them they're there to protect the the, the company they're there to protect to protect you. So you, you're protecting yourself personally and you're protecting your employer as well. So what's the first one? Password managers. Yes. It is so important to try and keep up with your passwords. And uh, Well, because they, they, you, you have to have so many and we'll get to why, but you have to have so many. Yeah, it's and you've got to have them complex. And this is something definitely I learned from my brother um, that you can't have those simple ones. You mm. can't have... Your names and you've got to have numbers and exclamation points and all kinds of craziness with it because it's got to be difficult that someone couldn't just go, oh, okay, you were born in November. Scorpio, that's your password. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be complex. Yeah. I am very guilty of this. And I actually, when researching, noticed this. If you go and if you've got an iPhone, you go into where you have passwords saved, if you have any already saved, mm-hmm. it'll actually alert you and say, you have used this password on multiple sites, mm-hmm. or this one has the potential of being breached, or you've repeated this 
20 times now. And the other one I'm really bad about, and I bet a bunch of you are as well, and it's hard that I'm personally going to try and start breaking, you get onto these websites now. And it's like you can create a username or you can log on through Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it's, well, heck, I've already logged into Facebook. Let's just click this. Let's make it easier. Okay. Well, then what happens is if, say, you know, you're logging on to HelloFresh and you're using it through your Facebook, well, then if HelloFresh gets hacked, then it now is hacked, but it also has your login for your Facebook. But then you also used your Facebook account to log on to, you know, a shopping place that has a credit card on file. And it's, it's a, Little circle that just goes crazy and so basically, <laughs> bottom line is as obnoxious as it as it is, you're supposed to use a different password uh, and even a different username for uh, for all of your websites and for everything that you frequent. And that's why something like a password manager is is key. It's so important. This will be either an app or a program on your computer or an app on your phone that stores your passwords, your usernames and your passwords by website. It's secure. You have to have a password to get into it. If mm-hmm. not, you know, if not face ID or thumbprint ID. And actually that's, that's another one of the things that, that we have, you know, that, that is, it, that is a key step. A lot of, a lot of websites and stuff are offering people the, the option of using two-factor verification, but it's not a requirement. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you can do to protect yourself is to, Use that two-factor verification. I was complaining to our IT guy the other day. I said, I hate two-factor verification. I hate having to, to get a text with a, a verification number every time I want to log into a website. And he's like, yeah, but it's it's, it's super ultra-secure. Yeah. You know, so. It's what you've got to do. Well, so there is a lot, and I'm not expecting you to be able to protect yourself 100%. Breaches are going to happen. Hacks are going to happen. Just try and make sure that you're aware of where all your information is and that you try and update those passwords and don't do, you know, your name and your birthday or something like that as your passwords. Make Mm -hmm. them a little bit more complex and figure out what works for you. Yes. Okay. So So here's a little hint that somebody gave me that I'll just, as our closing out of this little section, uh, a hint for doing uh, complex passwords. Come up with a sentence that that or a phrase or something that 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 you know and you like or whatever. So it could be something like, "I met my current wife at the antenna club in 1987!" Exclamation point. And then you take the <laughs> first letter of every single one of those words and you make and, and you know you add in 1987 and then you've got yourself a password that's uh, letters. Ran- basically, they look like random letters and numbers plus a, a, a random character, and you've got yourself a, a pretty complex password. So yeah. if you've never tried that before and you want to come up with a complex password, that is a way to do it. Moving on. Okay. What happens to your online accounts after you die? That was a change of direction. That was a change of gear. That was a change of everything. But yes, the other thing that we are going to dedicate this episode to is... Digital death. Yeah, digital digital death, sort of uh, digital digital assets, afterlife uh, digital assets, and how how what, what's going to happen to them? Yeah, I mean our daily lives are governed and helped along by our digital assets. It follows what we're doing, and it shows that you know that's where all of our tangible things are out there. We've recorded, we've celebrated, we've had memories, we've had milestones, and it's all out there. 
And we need to back it up. We need to know what's going to happen to it. Mm. And nowadays, so much is online. It's not just the pictures. It's important documents. I mean, there's right. DocuSign and Dropbox and Google Docs and all of this. Um, I do have to give an example that I am, you know, in addition to being a, a financial advisor, I'm also an event planner on the side. And I am working with a bride You've who... You've never mentioned that before. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I've got a bride that's getting married in a couple months, and her catering company is a sweet little mom and pop shop. And I've been emailing them and couldn't get a hold of them. Found out that she was very sick and passed away. And the catering company cannot, the remaining people there cannot get into her computer. And her computer and her email were the sole one that could has all the correspondence with the brides, mm-hmm. has the calendar of events, everything. So they have been scrambling trying to figure out what to do. So uh, you know, back to that whole password manager thing. One of the one of the options that you have for access to your digital assets is having a password manager and having multiple users of one password manager, or at least somebody else that knows your login to that password manager, so that they could potentially have get what your username and passwords are. Now, we are going to get to a whole... There's a big element of this is, you know those... Those tiny word paragraphs that you have to <laughs> click accept to at the beginning all of the every... legal jargon yeah. that we all skip past. Yeah, because did you know your online stuff doesn't belong to you? Yeah. Well, one of the things that that like right up on the front end that a lot of people don't know is just by sharing your username and password with someone else, even if it's on a free account like Facebook, you could be violating Facebook's terms and conditions. So, you know, just by sharing that, you could be violating Facebook's terms and conditions. So just imagine what what you're violating if it's it's something that's not free, like Netflix, and you go out there and share that username and password. (laughs) But there is actually, uh, because of that, because there is this element of people not being able to gain access to Facebook accounts and email mm-hmm. accounts. And because all of these different digital empires like Facebook and Google have these these policies that say, hey, you can't give this stuff out to people. And then they have this policy that says, hey, if you die, nobody else can have access to this. There was a push to pass laws that sort of govern access to your digital assets if something happens to you. It's called the uh, revised... I'm sorry, it's, it's a big legal long... Courts in session. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Revised Uniform Fiduciary Access to Digital Assets Act. Okay. Woo! So basically, somebody created this proposed law that they said, here, we need to do this law so that we'll have law that governs when people can access your stuff after you pass away. Okay. Um, somebody wrote that, and then they took it to all of the 50 states and said, here, you should pass this. And this way, there will be rules about when someone can access someone else's digital stuff. And most of the states have now passed some version of that act. So there is now, in most states, a, a law that governs the quote-unquote fiduciary access to digital assets. And by that, I mean someone's access to your assets should you pass away. That fiduciary person, like, for instance, the executor, of your of your will, you know they they are a fiduciary, and okay. so there's laws out there that will now give people access to that stuff that didn't used to be th- th- those laws didn't used to exist. Now yeah. they do. Yeah, I mean it's you, you think about it, you've got all this stuff, and now 
even more so, everything's going online. Paying your bills, it's, you know, I got a letter in the mail from the state the other day that it's like, hey, we don't have an email on file for you. We need your email because we're going paperless. And it's like, so they're taking everything to be electronic. And so it's awareness. It's making sure your family and close, trusted friends know what accounts you have, including the online bill paying and banking, making sure the family is financially aware of what's out there. And, you know, there's something about keeping all, you keep your financial documents. You think about your wills. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's usually like you put that in a safe or something Mm -hmm. like that. But, um... You know, Court, tell them about that little handy-dandy little keychain thing we have. Okay, so one of the things that, that that we do and that I think probably a lot of other, well, maybe not a lot of other people do, but um, we have uh, we have an in-case-of-emergency key, and it's basically, it's a it's a USB flash drive that has your, your important power of attorney documents on it. Um, we would never recommend that somebody put their their will on it for instance but it, it, it helps if you have something like this and ours actually looks like a key mm-hmm. and, but it you can plug it into a computer and pull up your power of attorney documents and you know based on that law that i was talking about a minute ago now one of the things that we would put in anybody's power of attorney document is language that allows someone else to access their digital assets on their behalf if they cannot because they're incapacitated so you've got this cool little tiny digital device that you can plug into a computer that brings up your documents if someone else needs to act on your behalf but they can't because you're passed out or knocked out or whatever you've got this these documents that say hey this person can speak for me mm-hmm. right there now in addition to that uh, something there 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 are other things out there that you could consider having like highly encrypted thumb drives, basically. These, these, uh, it's a flash drive, but it's, it's got password protection, like high-level password protection on it. Um, there are companies that, that produce these. They're a little bit more expensive than your normal thumb drive, but you could put highly, highly classified information on these, on these thumb drives and protect it. So you could have a thumb drive with, um, with all of your passwords and all of your account names and stuff like that on it, uh, and even highly personal documents, highly confidential documents, and it's password protected. And if someone else tries to break into this thumb drive, uh, there's one that literally, if you enter a password, uh, an incorrect password too many times, the thumb drive basically fries itself. It's straight out of Mission Impossible. Oh, wow. So there are ways that you could have your information. You could have it available to someone who knows how to access that that device but at the same time, it's still protected because if you if it's not the person that you gave access to the device, somebody else just trying to break in, chances are they're going to destroy it. Yeah, it's it's just kind of, we've unfortunately seen this before where it's been like one spouse, maybe the one that pays the bills or has access to the important stuff and the other one doesn't, you know, doesn't really care about it and knows it's taken care of. But you want to have that peace of mind of having like that knowledge that if something was to happen, if someone was to get hit by a bus, you would be able to take on those responsibilities for them. And it wouldn't be a long drawn out process of trying to get access to those accounts to try and just as simple as pay your water bill. Right. And so it's one of those that if you are in a relationship where one person is paying the majority of things, at least even if it's a post-it note that you stick in your safe that has the passwords to things, something even as minimal as that, do that to make sure you're protected. So that's on kind of the real serious side. Now let's talk about the social media side of it. Because this was very interesting to me. How 
when someone passes away, their Facebook, that's, you know, let's talk with that one. Mm-hmm. If you own Facebook now, you can actually have an option for you to memorialize your account. You turn your wall into a page where people can leave comments. Um, and they need it. Facebook themselves needs a death certificate to create this. <laughs> then I came about this when, do y'all remember, I guess a month ago when Facebook logged everybody out and everyone's still trying to figure out exactly what happened with that. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing people going, oh, check your settings, check your settings. This is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And I remember going in there and finding out there is a thing on there called account ownership. You go in there and figure out your control levels. And do you want it to be memorialized when something happens to you? Or do you want it to completely delete? And you can actually go in there and add a trusted individual that is allowed to take over your Facebook when you pass away. Mm -hmm. Which is just crazy to me to think about it. But there's so much that's on your social media. There's some um, statistic out there right now that says by... uh, the year 2100. Thank you. I could, I'm like looking, I'm like, how do I say this? By, 2100? By, by 2100. By 21, yeah. By the year 2100. Thank you, Court. There will be 4.9 billion dead users on Facebook. That's a That's lot. A lot. That's a lot. And we were talking about this and it's, you think about it when, unfortunately, when someone does pass away, it's like, it's right there. That last post they did, that last silly profile picture they put up. And so... I'm sure as a loved one, if you're seeing that, like you're going to want to go and change that and make it not be the picture of them doing duck lips or something ridiculous. <laughs> like you want to put it a better picture. Does anybody want duck lips as their last picture? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> so, I mean, that's how Facebook handles. Twitter, um, it can be deactivated, but no one can take it over for you. Dropbox needs a death certificate. Google and Gmail, they need a death certificate on top of additional legal documentation. Okay, so, but we're not, we're certainly not holding ourselves out to be cybersecurity experts. No, 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 no. We just get into this because we have a lot of clients that ask us, hey, what do you do? What's What happens if somebody tries to hack you? What happens, happens if somebody tries to hack, you know, your broker dealer? So we get that question a lot. And this is kind of us just saying like, hey, we know these are issues. These are some of the things that you can do, but we're not the cybersecurity experts. So No, not at all. It's you know, we're a mom and pop firm and it's one of those that we try and get involved in our clients' lives and we want to try and assist them with these things. So yeah, as Court said, it's this is just stuff that comes about and mm-hmm. we were curious about it, but it's just awareness of knowing what to do when someone passes away. Yeah, and so we're there, there are some th- some places that people could go uh to get more information if they want, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of legal sites that have that. There's even some websites called digitaldeath.com. Their slogan is, because on the internet, you can live forever. (laughs) It's just so creepy. So, yeah. Okay. So... You, you were saying, um, you know, you, you're going to go and you, hopefully everybody that listens to us either has or will be going to set up an estate plan. Yes, please. Okay. And so <laughs> when we say estate plan, your basic estate plan would include not only a last will and testament, which is what happens after you pass away, mm-hmm. but also, like I mentioned earlier, the power of attorney. You've got your financial power of attorney and your healthcare power of attorney, yep. right? So who can control your money yeah. and who can determine when to pull the plug? Yeah, basically. I mean, who's, who's going to make your health decisions? And let me throw this nugget in there. Even though you are married to someone does not mean you have legal authority to sign for them for health care. Is that correct, Court? Well, okay. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. 
on the healthcare side, it gets complicated because there's 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 next of kin, and if you're if you're in a hospital and you cannot tell the doctors what to do, then um, they're going to go and they're going to look for next of kin to make a decision. And if if you are married, then that person, that spouse, could could be the the, the could be the person that makes the decision. The problem is, is if you have a spouse and a very protective mom and they start fighting about what to do with you, um, you know, that, that that's when having a document that designates one person as, as the key person is really important. Or if you have someone who is a longtime partner, but you're not married, then, but you want that person making decisions for you. Well, they're not related to you. They're not next of kin. So if you want that person making decisions for you, you would have the, the power of attorney. Yeah. So, last will and testament, power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, financial power of attorney, those are the documents that you that you would definitely want to have, you know, and and that they the person that you designate in those documents is the person that you would be thinking about, okay, who do I want handling my digital stuff yes. as well? Yes, you've got to throw that into the mix now. Who's handling my digital? And what's going to what's going to happen to my cute little memes and stuff that I put on Facebook every day? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay, we have thrown a lot. Are you ready to bullseye this up? I'm ready to bullseye it up, down, left, and right, baby. Okay, my bullseye is going to go back to cybersecurity. It's, you know, I know my brother has to change his password, I think, every time he blinks. Mm -hmm. And they're always, like, really complicated, ridiculous passwords. I'm not saying you need to do that, but get away from your basics of using your name and your birthday Take a second and look at your phone, see which passwords you're reusing, update your passwords as needed, but really just make sure that you're protecting yourself. And if you get something that seems sketchy, go ahead and go and change your password. Protect yourself and just keep watching all of your stuff. Make sure you're in control to try and avoid getting hacked or being victim to something like that with cybersecurity. Okay, and I'm going to roll right off of that. One of the things that you need to be considering is as far as cybersecurity is concerned and as far as your whole digital footprint, going very, going way back to the very first part of the, the previous episode, um, you need to be considering who is going to manage that stuff for you if you can't manage it yourself. Who is going to be that quote-unquote fiduciary person that's in charge of your digital assets? Think about who you want to do that. Who do you want taking care of your Facebook if you can't do it? And make sure that that person knows that you want them to be the one that's in charge of it. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you've taken the proper steps to designate that person, whether it's through uh, clicking on a button in Facebook that where you can designate somebody or creating a, a durable power of attorney document that has language in it that specifically talks about your management of your digital assets. Make sure that you've taken that into consideration because without granting someone that authority, it might be that nobody can, can help you. Whether, you're, whether it's just because you're incapacitated and nobody can get to your stuff or because you've passed away and nobody can get to your stuff. Make sure you've got that, make sure you've got that person, you know who it's gonna be, and they know how they're going to access your stuff. I feel like you were speaking to me with that one because it's like, okay, Katie, quit being a control freak. Share, let other people know. That's what I heard. That is what I got out of that. <laughs> well, and that's pretty much the bullseye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If this is the first time you've listened to us and you liked what you heard, there are so many other episodes that you could go back and listen to. So feel free to um, 
check out our website. You can find links to all of our episodes there, or you can download any one of our episodes from your favorite podcast subscription service. Uh, you can also leave any suggestion for a topic that you want on our website, or you can just read about me and Katie because we wrote funny things about ourselves and put it up there too. Um, <laughs> if you'd uh, like to see some pictures of us, Cameron loves to post really bad pictures of us on the Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And every now and then we'll tweet out something or let you know when a new episode is coming on Twitter. Our handle on Twitter is also at Bullcast Podcast. And finally, we've talked about the fact that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors, a wealth advisory firm. And if you would like to find out more about our place of work, the team that we work with, and our boss, David Pickler, then feel free to go to picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O, not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to live a full and complete life. So go forth, be merry, and I'll try to as well. But for now, my name is Court Winsett. <laughs> and I'm Katie, and we're on Audible! Amen! <laughs>